Welcome to the Drift Zone. As part of the 2018 Sydney Festival, two of the dead set deadliest brothers on the planet, Wesley Enoch and Richard Bell, came in and kept me company on the Drift Zone. Here in part one, Wesley shares insights into the Sydney Festival as festival director, and Richard shares some of his story on coming into Sydney back in the day, and also his work as part of Art Space's 52 Weeks, 52 Actions. Welcome. Welcome. To the Drift Zone. Firstly, Wesley, could you let us know how Sydney Festival is and the process of it? Yeah, it seems to be going well. I mean, in the end, the audience get to decide how good the Sydney Festival is. Um, what's been fantastic is just uh, we've had our uh, opening weekend just passed and the sense of the invitation for people to come and be part of that. Um, one of the big things uh, I know the community is interested in too is what we're calling the Blackout Program. Last year we called it the Indigenous Program and that just was too dry, you know. Mm. It was just kind of go, oh, don't we know. So we're just saying, what 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 is it when we want to gather together and, and do that? And we called it the Blackout Program, which was also a way of inviting our our First Nations brothers and sisters from North America, from uh, New Zealand, from other parts of the world to come and be part of a conversation. And what I love about Sydney and what I hate about Sydney at the same point is that Sydney's this kind of coming together point. It's, it's the first colonial moments where black and white started to talk together. Mm-hmm. Now, did they talk well? Well, you know, we all have our opinions. And this idea of that conversation, it, it comes from this place. This country, the Gadigal, you know, Eora here, they started the conversation that we around the nation have been learning from. And what the Sydney Festival is trying to do is continue that somehow. Whether you throw in an idea and people can hate it or love it, the, you, you kind of engage with people uh, in ways. And, and ultimately, I think good art... Mm. Um, should be things that are both politically charged and, you know, aesthetically pleasing and have some sense, if you like, too, of incredible skill at work, whatever skill mm. that is. And uh, for me, the Sydney Festival has been trying to pull in that, that debate. You know, sometimes you see things and you think, that's really beautiful, but it's meaningless. Mm. It's distracted me for a little while but it hasn't kind of fed my soul. And what I've been trying to do more, we are just talking about it before off, off air, this, this notion of, you know, the more diverse you can get in terms of your voices, the more discussions you can get, it actually also relieves any one show, one artist from being representative of a community or a culture. Mm. So if you say, you know, the ticker box ideas, if you have uh, one um, First Nations story, you go, right, if you only have one, it has to represent all the diversity. Mm. But if you have 15, suddenly you can have really divergent stories within that because you're not asking one artist to do everything for you. And that's the big shift, I think. Diversity is not necessarily about saying, you know, uh, uh, not just about inclusion. It's also about saying you can actually tell more diverse stories that strengthen the community a bit more too. Mm. Congratulations, too, on your role as Festival Director of Sydney Festival. How do you go about curating a festival as big as this one? My, my, my job, I reckon, is to have – as my ears have to be as big as my mouth in a job like this. She's got to be hard. Hey, <laughs> it's a big mouth. But my, my, my job is to keep listening and um, – and I go around and have meetings and I mm. uh, sit down with people and try to find out what's coming through. And, and it's interesting that if you, if you have big ears and you listen to artists, artists will tell you what audiences want to engage with. You know, artists are already through this 
sense of kind of osmosis connected to communities. They are understanding what the mm-hmm. zeitgeist for that, whatever you want to use that word for, is connected to people. So, you know, I can be as arrogant as I like and say, I want everyone to see what I want, but it's my job to kind of listen and go, oh, I see this artist is doing this and, and not to necessarily try to over overanalyze it. Mm-hmm. An artist works in a very instinctive way connecting to a sense of time and place and and history and that if you trust those artists they will take you to places that you can't go by yourself as an audience member as well as a, as a programmer so with sydney festival i don't i don't set out with themes i don't set out with um I, i've got my own kind of politics i i know that a first nations program like a blackout program is important to me mm. so i'm going to keep doing that but then i go to wherever the artists want to want to talk within that kind of program as well. Beautiful. I think it's a great opportunity for a festival such as Sydney Festival to invite um, Aboriginal people on as leaders and, man, through that osmosis as well, down the track in the future, these, uh, I guess, projects that people start continue and evolve during the festival in the future. In, in that sense, Richard, good morning. Good morning. Tell us a little bit about your history in terms of Redfern. I know you've got a great history, and, yeah, it would be great if you could share some of that with the listeners. Yeah, uh, well, I first came to Sydney when I was uh, 21. Um, I got here in 1974, and um, uh, I just turned 21, and um, I ended up staying here. I was going to stay overnight, and I ended up staying for 10 years. I did a half a Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> and stayed ten years here. Played football with uh, the Redfern All Blacks for for those ten years. Um, met lots of people. This is a, as probably as close to community as as I ha- have ever had. You know, like I came here, I was politicised here. Actually, um, lived in in the hostel next door to this to this place here. So it's always beautiful. Um when people come to Koori Radio as it is now. Every now and then we have people like yourself that come in and myself, not knowing too much about the history as such, like on the ground. Um, it's really beautiful to have people come back and tell us about the site here, what was going on around around the site when it was uh, Black Theatre and all of that. It's when when it was called Botany Street yeah, rather than uh, Cope Re- Street. Radio. So this connected up to Botany. Yeah, well, well, that, that was um, that was Regent Street there, and then Botany Road's just down the, the other side of the street down there. But mm. um, this was Botany Street, and yeah. Botany Road b- began down there. So, do you catch up with community that was around in that time? Yeah, um, uh, I'll probably end up going over to Rails, uh, you know, or the the club, or the Abbots down the road. Here. Yeah. Um. Sydney Festival and 52 Artists, 52 Actions is an exciting new online exhibition. How did that come about and your involvement and how do you see it going over the 12 months? Oh, well, I'm not really the, the person to speak about how it came about, but I, I've heard that it, you know, that it was um, presented you know, like to uh, funding bodies and um, they had to... Uh, come back and rejig it, and um, they've ended up funding it themselves. You know, art spaces do, doing it themselves, as far as I know. And um, it's it's a new venture for for them. You know, like they're 
basically, they've invited 52 artists to curate a show online, you know, like, um, uh, because they see, you know, like that, um, this is where, you know, art, uh, is, is heading, you know, like mm. it's heading to this online, uh, focus, um, and they're going to be, uh, right at, near the front of that, that line you now in, in taking that direction. Um, 52 artists, you know, like there's going to be such a, you know, a wide diversity of, of, uh, mm. opinions and, yeah. and, uh, presentations. Uh, some people will be more savvy than, than others in it, you know, like, um, um, I'm, I don't know why they picked me to go first because <laughs> I'm not that, that savvy with it, but um, I'm, I'm going to go in a new direction with, with uh, my work um, mm. in, in this show. I'm, I'm looking at nuclear proliferation and uh, the, the dangers presented by uh, the, the weapons, mm. uh, but not only the weapons. You know, we have the, the nuclear reactors at the power stations and that. Um, the oldest ones of those are, you know, turning 50 and, um, you know, that kind of infrastructure does crumble. Exactly. And there's, there's no real, um, effort being made to look at all the contingencies, all the dangers that, that could happen, the accidents that could happen. We see that with Fukushima, which still hasn't been fixed, what, four years after or, or six years after, you know, it happening. And it's just spewing out radioactive uh, water into the Pacific, you know, like mm. millions of uh, gallons of, of radiated water, you know, uh, every day. So I think so. There's, uh, uh, Chernobyl and um, Three Mile Island, uh, also, you know, which were disastrous accidents. And because they haven't looked at um, what can happen, there's no engineering you know, being developed to to uh, stop, you know, um, uh, constant damage like Fukushima. But they hadn't even looked at why it went wrong in the first place, or no, no, they, they, they well, um, the remember the China syndrome, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea that you know uh, these reactors would just go through and melt the, you know, through the earth and, and go through to the other side of the world. You know, like uh, the gravity might have a little to do with that, but, mm. uh, but you know, like uh, ah. even then, that you know, there's there's nothing being done to to. To that, deal with that. What gets me is this kind of the act of forgetting that goes on around the world, but mostly in this country too, what we choose to remember and what we choose to forget. And we think by just ignoring it, it'll kind of fix itself somehow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. You know, like I, I was jolted into this by you know, um, the fact that you know, a group called ICANN um, from Australia yeah. just won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. You know, like... And I, I thought, gee, who are these people? You know, yeah. Where did they come from? What are they on about? So um, <laughs> I, I got the, the uh, ladies at um, Artspace to make some inquiries. And um, fortunately, I'm going to be speaking uh, to uh, a representative from ICANN yeah. 
later today. I'm going to be interviewing somebody from a Nobel Peace Prize winning organisation. Yeah, it's extraordinary. But isn't like you say this too that in Australia, well, and you know, let I, I, you know, I said before, politics and art always kind of intersect, and good politics and arts always intersects. This whole idea that in this country they're hardly known. In fact, from what I understand, they're almost vilified by the, the our government. Yes, well, Malcolm Turnbull has refused to to congratulate them. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary. You know, the, the only Nobel Peace Prize winners from this nation. You know, like, yeah, we've had celebrated Nobel Prize winners. You know, like, yeah, yeah. in in other areas, but you know, like, and you know, and governments have been quick to associate themselves w- with those. But it's consistent with, uh, like, let's say, in terms of the neoliberalism, <laughs> <laughs> neocons. But this whole idea of even when you talk about Aboriginal history and things that that when people say, "Oh no, you know, we should move on, we should do all this kind of stuff," you go, "No, you want to remember some things." Anzac Day, the twenty sixth of January, you want to remember yeah. certain things that yeah. continue a narrative for yourself. But you don't want to remember, you know, the the frontier wars, or you don't want to remember uh, the indigenous. Oc- How very colonial of them! <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that amazing? That it, but it continues things yes. we don't want to know as a country: Manus Island, um, <clears throat> our treatment of of uh, people in detention, youth in detention in Northern Territory, yeah, people on the dole. Yeah. It's, uh, the treatment of people on the dole is abominable. But this is an absolute disease in this country about forgetting or selection, perhaps, selective memories. And I I worry that if we don't, as artists, shine a light on these kind of things, if we don't say, you know, uh, think about this, that if we only, as artists, go, oh, let's distract you for a little moment of from your hard day's work or, you know, let's put something pretty on your walls that matches your couch – if if that's all we do as artists, then I think we have totally abrogated our responsibility. And what's fantastic about 52 Actions, or 52 Artists, 52 Actions, is that, you know, an artist every week for a year mm. is going to, in the Asia-Pacific area, a bit broader, but that area, is going to have an action, however they define it, and put that up on Instagram mm. as a way of documenting something that's of significance in in where they come from. And as you're saying... People may have actually said, oh, Richard Bell, he'll do something about, we assume he will do, but you as an artist get drawn to this particular story. Yeah. And that's yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, well, um, there's also a website that, that's um, going to be available, you know, like, so, which will have more material, you know, like um, uh, attached to it. Um, mm. So the people, if they want to, want to, can go there and see. You know, uh, the results of some of the research that the artists have done. How is it different for you? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what I'm fascinated by is to go, let's say, the tent embassies sometime, uh, and the work on canvas you've done. How is this different for you? What, what What's different about going online and um, having art that is speaking through that medium? Is there any difference? Um, well, I'm seeming to, to think so. You're like, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm Terrified you know, by by the, the the thought of it, you know, like about um, I'm getting out of my uh, comfort zone and and doing something you know uh, completely new. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm doing a, a, a project that is uh, internet specific. So I've, I've never done that uh, that before. So you know, like, and and they threw me in at number one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm 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 supposed to set the tone for everybody else. <laughs> Wesley Enoch and Richard Bell on the Drift Zone, speaking about the 2018 Sydney Festival 
and art spaces, 52 artists, 52 actions, and everything else in between. Thank you for tuning in. To hear more podcasts from The Vault, check out www.tunnelroadproductions.com. Once again, thanks again for tuning into The Drift Zone. One love.